It is Friday the 13th of September here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our FanDuel podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. And this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the Lineup Builder tool, which is available now on DraftSharks.com. And you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at FanshareSports.com. You're going to hear us refer to it at plenty of points throughout the show as well. On DraftSharks.com, of course, you can read all of Kevin English's picks for playing on FanDuel this and every weekend. And the dude's won a bunch of money on DFS so far. So I'd recommend checking them out. Last week's advice included Matthew Stafford, Mark Ingram, Evan Engram. We'll see what he has for us this week. And we'll also see what Jared has for me this week in the Shark Duel after I managed to take down round one, basically because I played Evan Engram over Zacher. Jared, any takeaways? I was fine with my lineup i mean one of my final two decisions was i think it was um christian mccaffrey and kyle rudolph instead of um, nick chubb and zach Ertz. and you know even with rudolph's goose egg that obviously would have gained me about 20 something points or whatever so that's that's just dfs man It, it comes down to a couple decisions like that i don't think chubb and Ertz were bad plays yeah, and I think one of the key things every week is to look back at what went wrong and decide if it was bad process or just something that happened. Because whether you play DFS or not, that that's just going to happen in fantasy lots of times. You can make yeah. the right choices and have them go wrong for you. I've had that happen plenty of times. <laughs> my big takeaway is to build more time into my weekend for DFS lineup building and entry. I ran a little short on time in the first weekend of the year. And, and honestly, I came out a little pleased with myself for just allowing myself to only enter a few contests rather than rushing to hastily enter some lineups right before the deadline and end up throwing money towards some other people. So I did cash in both of my entries on FanDuel. I only managed to get two entries in, but cashed on both of them. Looking forward to trying to play a little smarter uh, throughout this year. I know you would have had Sammy Watkins in all of your lineups if you had played more. I probably would have played him some, uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll get back. We'll get more time this weekend so that I can get some of the guys that I like. Let's get now to our picks at every position though. I'm going to go first with a cash quarterback and I'm going to start with Derek Carr at 6,600 bucks. He leads our dollars per point rankings at quarterback on DraftCharts.com. Uh, the next two guys, Tom Brady at 7,800. So much more expensive in FanDuel salary. And then Kyler Murray, who's less expensive at 6500 but he's also at Baltimore for his first NFL road game. So I would say that even though Derek Carr doesn't make any of us feel comfy, he's a comfier choice than Kyler Murray in their two situations this week. Derek Carr, of course, hosts Kansas, a Kansas City defense that allowed 350 yards and three touchdown passes to Nick Foles and Gardner Minshew last week. The Chiefs also were weak against tight ends last year, and the Raiders have Josh Jacobs, who's coming off a good opener himself, to you know make sure that, that Kansas City can't necessarily overplay one way or the other. So I think Oakland's well set up to at least have a solid day passing-wise against the Chiefs. 
Yep, tough to see Carr letting you down at that price, and he, he could obviously smash that price egg like he has in those last two home games against the Chiefs. Um, I, I do like Tom Brady as my cash game play. I think you know, it's easy enough on FanDuel to fit him into lineups. And with Brady, I mean, you're, you're just getting the Dolphins matchup. Patriots implied for 33.5 points. Yeah, there's a chance, you know, Sonny Michelle and Rex Burkhead score four touchdowns and Brady gets pulled and you, and you sort of get screwed. But that seems unlikely. I think he's he's a good bet to, you know, throw at least a couple touchdowns here. Yeah, I would say if the main concern with Tom Brady is that his team will score too many points this week for him, then he's, he's an all right cash quarterback. It sounds like uh, Antonio Brown is going to play too, which which doesn't hurt. On the tourney, well, we'll see if it hurts. We don't really know what Antonio Brown's impact is at this point. Yeah, sure. On the tourney side, the Raiders look chalky overall, but Derek Carr's ownership projection sits just seventh among quarterbacks right now and right about 6%. So, I mean, there are lots of options. I think Derek Carr and Tyrell Williams are, as a stack, are in play there. Otherwise, though, I'm going to issue the 10 plus percent ownership projection for Goff and for Cooper Cup, and I'm going to go ahead and play them in tournament lineup. I think it's one of the surest bets on the passing side in terms of a quarterback and wide receiver stack. Cup's matchup with P.J. Williams in coverage is likely to be targeted by the Rams. Houston targeted it last week, and in each of his matchups with the Saints over the past two years, Cooper Cup had big numbers, five for 89 and a touchdown last year, eight catches for 116 as a rookie. Uh, Jared Goff at home last season averaged 342 yards, 2.75 touchdowns. The Saints finished last season 22nd as a pass defense, third as a run defense, according to Football Outsiders. And Deshaun Watson didn't have a whole lot of trouble throwing against them on Monday night, so it seems to be going that way again. I think if the owned rate does bother you on Cooper Cup or even the combo of him and the quarterback, Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods are both sitting under 10% projected ownership. Todd Gurley's about 9%. So, you know, none of these guys are going to sneak up on the field, but there are lots of different combos that you can play here. You can double up with receivers, put Gurley and a wide out in the lineup at Gurley's low price. Lots to play around with if you're bugged by double-digit ownership projections. Yep, the uh, Rams-Saints game, obviously one we want some exposure to. Um, I think Goff and Cup are in play for cash games, so I think – at those ownerships, I think they're not high enough to, to, to scare me off those guys. I agree. What about you for tourney? I like Deshaun Watson for tournaments, paying up for him. I think with Lamar Jackson, $300 cheaper than Deshaun Watson, I think Watson's ownership is, is going to be super low. We know the upside he brings every time he's on the field. I thought he looked awesome in New Orleans on Monday night. Looks like he's going to get Kiki Cutie back this week. So, I mean, add that to DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller, Kenny Stills. He, he's just loaded. Watson gets the Jags matchup. Not ideal, but Jacksonville also just gave up 378 yards, three touchdowns to Patrick Mahomes. I get it's Patrick Mahomes, but, I mean, we, we thought in the summer, and I think we still think that Watson has just as much upside as Patrick Mahomes does. Um, the Jaguars, too, also, they allowed the most quarterback rushing yards in the NFL last season. That includes 79 yards and one touchdown to Deshaun Watson in two meetings. And let's not forget that they have Duke Johnson on hand, too, just in case the Jaguars are playing up in coverage and they're stopping the Houston wideouts. And Jacksonville is kind of shuffling a little bit at linebacker. They don't have Telvin Smith this year because of off-field stuff. Miles Jack is back this week. He got ejected last week, but they also had Marcel Darius down up front. So, you know, they're dealing with some injuries. They've got two new safeties this year versus last year. So there's lots changing over there. We could see a different Jacksonville defense. Yeah, definitely might be a defense that we're not afraid of in fantasy this season. Over at running back on the cash side, 
Dalvin Cook at 7,900. I mean, I was expecting to kind of lean away from him this week because after the week one that he had, I thought that he would be much more highly sought after this week. But I was surprised as he's projected for single-digit ownership. I mean, that matters less on the cash side, I think, than Turney. But it matters everywhere because if a guy is 20% owned and he has a bad week, then he takes down 20% of the field with him. So Dalvin Cook at 7,900, it's relatively high among running backs, but he's also significantly behind the top three. And that's in a week when the Sunday, Monday, Thursday night games have taken away a lot of the top options at the position. So Cook, his matchup specifically, we'll see about this Green Bay defense. Uh, But the changes that they made over the offseason were geared towards stopping the pass. They assigned two big money edge rushers. They drafted another edge rusher in round one. They signed a safety in free agency. They drafted a safety in round two. They dumped defensive end Mike Daniels right before the season. He has always been a solid to strong run defender, except for the last year and a half or so. They've been gearing their defense toward getting better against the pass. We'll see how they are against the run. And we know that Dalvin Cook is going to get the ball as much as the game allows. The Vikings want to give it to him a lot. And we like to buy touches in our running backs in DFS. Yep, exactly. And Cook won't have the game flow on his side that that he did in week one, obviously. But I I think he's going to play a big role in the Vikings passing game when they are playing from behind. Um, Yep, Cook caught two balls in week one, despite uh, Kirk Cousins only attempting 10 passes. So who you got? Uh, Alvin Kamara for me in cash. I, you know, I, I like to pay up for the elite running backs in cash games. Uh, Kamara actually comes in as the top dollar per point value among main slate running backs, even though he's 8,700 bucks. Again, we want pieces of this Saints Rams game. And really the way to beat the Rams defense is on the ground. They were 27th last year in football outsiders run defense rankings, gave up 6.7 yards per carry to Christian McCaffrey in week one. I mean, McCaffrey just had a massive game and Kamara is a very similar back to McCaffrey can beat you on the ground, can beat you through the air. Kamara had 227 total yards and three touchdowns in the two meetings against the Rams last season. Yeah, certainly on board with Kamara wherever on the tournament side, I think this might be the last week that we're going to get Ezekiel Elliott at low ownership. He's projected under 6% on fan share right now. Of course, he split the carries evenly with Tony Pollard in week one. Did see two targets, though. Tony Pollard saw zero. Zeke is projected at under 6% ownership right now. As I mentioned, he has averaged 23 carries, 97 yards, and 1.2 touchdowns on the ground in his career against Washington. This year's version of Washington is starting John Bostick and rookie Cole Holcomb at inside linebacker. It just lost defensive lineman Jonathan Allen, who is a key to them, to a knee sprain. It's going to be a terrific atmosphere for Ezekiel Elliott to run the ball. The only question now is if Dallas gets him back closer to his usual workload. I would imagine that he at least creeps further toward that this week, if not jumps all the way back to it. And like I said, the bonus with him is that you get him at low ownership. Most of the time, he's going to be up around 10% or more in regular uh, Zeke Elliott weeks. And if you do the cheap Derek Carr, Tyrell Williams stack, 6,600 for the quarterback, 5,900 for the receiver, you can fit Zeke Elliott and Alvin Kamara into a lineup. I messed around with it. I'll get get to that more in a little bit. Yeah, I love it. I think everyone's going to be on the Cowboys passing game after week one. But, you know, Zeke still still will be the focal point of the offense once he's, you know, back up to full speed. So like that call. Um, I like Damian Williams in tournaments, 6,600 bucks. I, I think it's too cheap for 
a guy who's still the lead back in Kansas City. Um, Williams out-carried LaShawn McCoy 13-1 to last week, out-targeted him 6-1. to Williams also saw eight red zone opportunities, had the one touchdown. You know, he, there's there's multiple touchdown upside for Damian Williams in this spot against the Raiders. Yeah, and even if LaShawn McCoy happens to pass him and carries like, you know, Carlos Hyde versus Duke Johnson last week for Houston, we're still getting backfield leading targets for Damian Williams. And yep. LaShawn McCoy has not been a good red zone running back in his career. He has not been a big touchdown scorer overall across multiple teams and multiple coaching staffs. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised if Williams' role in the passing game expands with Tyreek Hill out. I mean, Williams can do, you know, some of that short, quick hitting stuff that, that Tyreek does. Over to wide receiver now. And before we get to the picks, I have to ask Nicole Hardman at 4,700 bucks. He's tied for third with Sammy Watkins, teammate Sammy Watkins, and projected ownership on Fanshare. Are you buying a piece of Nicole Hardman at 4,700 or are you fading him at his own rate this week? I'd fade him unless I'm playing like, you know, 150 tournament lineups and I might toss him in like 10%. But I, I think that that ownership for a guy who we don't and, and I get it. He's tempting at that price tag, but we don't know how the Chiefs are going to handle this Tyreek Hill absence. And Hardman was a guy, you know, as athletic and as fast as he is, he he didn't seem like a guy who is ready to make an immediate impact at the NFL level. So he he's he, he'll, he'd be he'd be a fade for me. Yeah, a hard fade for me too. I don't think that I need the $4,700 salary. There's enough available running back in like the mid six to high six to 7,000 range and at wide receiver from, you know, 7,100 down. So I, I don't think that I need that money enough to follow the pack to a guy that, you know, might see like three targets. Yep. All right. For cash wide out, besides my boo, Tyrell Williams, uh, we'll go to Keenan Allen at 7,700. Hunter Henry's gone. Mike Williams is nursing a knee injury, might be out. Keenan Allen's in for big volume against Detroit this weekend. It would be shocking if he doesn't see big volume. The slot position, more than half the time for Keenan Allen when he's in the game. So that would leave him not likely to see much of top Lions quarterback Darius Slay in coverage. Only further helps his outlook. And I am not scared of a Detroit pass rush at all that did get five sacks against Arizona last week, but didn't manage a good pressure rate overall. The passing volume for the Cardinals elevated that sack total and inflated what they actually accomplished. The Lions have a better shot at getting better on run D this week than they do of getting better in the pass rush, I think. Yep, like that call. I think Keenan Allen is you know as good a target back really as any wide receiver this week. So that, that's always what we're looking for in cash games. I like Tyler Boyd in cash, who I think is you know right up there with Keenan Allen as, as an excellent target. But Boyd's the guy we were all excited about heading into the season with AJ Green sidelined. John Ross obviously has the big week one, but Tyler Boyd also saw eleven targets in that game, a twenty two percent target share, caught eight balls for sixty yards. So you know not a bad debut from him either. Um, and Boyd in the slot will avoid Richard Sherman for the majority of Sunday's game. Sherman really the only 49ers cornerback you have to worry about. Mm-hmm. On the tournament side, I'm going to go not out on a limb at all. I'm going to say Sammy Watkins at 7,400. My tendency is to lean away from a guy that brings this profile into the week. You know, a much stronger week one than anyone could have anticipated. We've got a huge ownership boost this week. Following that for Watkins, we have a large jump in salary, $1,100 up this week. He's at $7,400. But this is a unique situation, I think. Watkins is not some number two wideout who got lucky last week. He's a number one wide receiver talent. And he's in a perfect situation for blow-up games in general. That Chiefs offense, that quarterback, 
This week specifically, he's in a matchup with a weak defense that lost two starting defensive backs on Monday night, Jonathan Abram, Gary and Conley. His target outlook got better with Tyreek Hill's shoulder injury. And Sammy Watkins is still $600 cheaper than Travis Kelsey, who plays a much more affordable position and carries a higher ownership projection heading into this week. So if my only concern with Sammy Watkins is that a bunch of other people will also be playing him, I'm not going to let that make me not play a guy who has two touchdown upside again. Yep. I mean, I I think Watkins is still a little underpriced, even with that price hike. Um, And, you know, we've talked about you don't need to be contrarian at every spot in tournament lineups. I mean, if Watkins goes for 130 yards and a touchdown on Sunday, you're you're probably going to need him in your tournament lineups. Yeah, exactly. And I mentioned before, building the lineup, there's room to have the Raiders stack, Sammy Watkins, which, you know, makes it a game stack if we get a lot of points in that one. Mm-hmm. We've got, there's room still for Zeke and Kamara in that lineup and still another wide out from the range that goes from Julian Edelman down to Tyler Lockett. You're just going to give away your whole lineup here? I might. You and we'll <laughs> um, Tournament, I'm, go- I'm going Sammy Watkins south and Will Fuller. Um, Fuller, Fuller gets the the same matchup that Watkins obviously exploited last week. You know, Jalen Ramsey and AJ Boye got crushed in week one. Ramsey gave up 82 yards and two touchdowns on nine targets. Boye, 79 yards on seven targets. So, you know, I, I'm not saying these are guys we want to pick on, but I'm also not super scared of them. Will Fuller only saw three targets last week, had that super impressive downfield grab. Um, and he also played on 97% of the Texans offensive snaps. So I think, you know, he, he's a better bet for targets going forward. Yeah. Although those three targets are why he's a fan duel pick and not a DraftKings pick, right? I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll have him in uh, DraftKings tournament lineups too. Okay. All right. <laughs> Over to tight end. Uh, I am more willing to fade Darren Waller than I am Tyrell Williams at his high owned rate. I, you know, mm-hmm. I admit Darren Waller had an impressive opener and I was too low on him heading into the season. He did look good, but we're also still getting to know him as a player. We're still getting to know the Raiders offense much more so than we are Tyrell Williams. So for me, I'm, I'm not looking to play Darren Waller at his high owned rate this week. What about you? I mean, I think he's in play for cash. I do think he's a good fade in tournaments because the savings you're getting on Waller aren't as big over here on FanDuel versus DraftKings. Mm-hmm. So for cash, my actually not even just cash, cash or tournament, my top DFS tight end overall this week is Vernon Davis. 5100 bucks on FanDuel. Uh, Jordan Reed is officially out with his concussion for the second week in a row. Uh, Davis showed us last week that he still got it. 48-yard touchdown catch and run off of a short throw against the Eagles. You know, bad tackling on it, but still, to be able to run through three NFL players and carry on until the end zone as a 50-year-old tight end is fairly impressive. Now he's get the Cowboys. They allowed the ninth most fan duel points to tight ends in 2018. And of course, last week, 11 catches, 114 yards, touchdown to Evan Ingram, who dominated the Giants in targets, six more than any teammate. That says to me that the Giants went into that game planning to target Evan Ingram against those Cowboys. Yep, I think Vernon Davis is a good value. Evan Ingram is my cash game plan, FanDuel, 6400 bucks. And, and again, you know, that, that's why I sort of don't love Waller here is because for 1000 bucks more, you can get Evan Ingram, who I just feel a lot safer with. You know, He's more proven. Saw the 14 targets last week. Sterling Shepard has been ruled out for Sunday's game, um, Golden Tate. Obviously still out. Cody Latimer, who would have been the number one wideout, is dealing with a calf injury. So, I mean, Ingram is a good bet for another double-digit targets in, in this game. Yeah, maybe 20 of them. Yeah, that'd be nice. 
besides uh, Vernon Davis, I'm not even sure I'm going to play anybody besides Vernon Davis. But if I do, I'm interested in Delaney Walker at 5,900. Four plus catches in eight straight meetings with the Colts. Last week he had five for 52 and two touchdowns against the Browns. And then Kyle Rudolph at 4,900 in a GPP lineup interests me. Seven catches in each meeting with Green Bay last year. Five plus receptions in four of his past five meetings with the Packers dating back to 2016. Like those guys, um, I like Vance McDonald for tournaments, 5,600 bucks. Um, I, I just, I'm betting on the Steelers bouncing back on the road against the Patriots defense was a tough spot. Now they head back home for the Seahawks. who just got lit up by the Bengals last week. Vance McDonald, you know, despite the week one dud, he did play 72% of the Steelers offensive snaps. That was a nice bump up from his 55% snap rate last year. So I still like Vance for this season. And again, I think this is a good spot. The Seahawks allowed nine catches and 93 yards to Bengals tight ends Tyler Eifert and CJ Uzoma in week one. Mm-hmm. At flex, I like the range of running backs from 6,500 to 7,000. I mean, Todd Gurley at 7,000 bucks might look ridiculous by week five. We've talked this week about why to not worry too much about him. So we might as well go ahead and strike regardless of the matchup. And I mean, the Saints certainly didn't look scary in run defense against Houston on Monday night. Also in that range, Sony Michelle, on Johnson, Damian Williams, Josh Jacobs. Give me an, a, an affordable lead back with either yardage or touchdown upside or both. Yep, I'm right there with you. I'm glad you mentioned Josh Jacobs because, you know, he he's right there with Damian Williams, I think. You know, they're $100 apart. Williams, probably the better touchdown bet, but Jacobs, the better volume bet. Yeah, and I mean, among those guys that I named, Michelle and Williams would probably be my top two because mm-hmm. – they have that multi-touchdown upside in there. Some of the highest scoring offenses that we expect for this weekend. Uh, and also yeah. Josh Jacobs' ownership rate is, is going to be way up there. Yeah, um, it, so Jacobs would be, would be the cash play for me probably among these guys. And then Michelle and Williams are, are better in tournaments. On defense, I mean, the Patriots have to be in play if you have the money there at the top. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you have the money, not a must. I don't think any defense is a must. And the, it's hard to really... Look at the Dolphins and, I don't know, judge them appropriately right now after way week one went. They do still have some professional football players, I believe, on offense. So maybe they can score some points. The, I, I Usually, most weeks, I would stay far away from a defense that's headed for 20-plus percent ownership like the Patriots are. But Miami was so bad last week that I can't say fade the Patriots this week yeah I think they're fine in cash I would rather go elsewhere in tournaments because I do like you know the, the Ravens $100 more I think have similar upside my favorite play though is the Bears at 4500 bucks. you know they, they actually come in second in dollars per point based on our projections behind only the Cardinals who are way down at 3000 bucks. Um, the Bears get Denver obviously Den- Denver just gave up three sacks to the Raiders the Raiders had 13 sacks all last season mm-hmm. so yeah I, I, th- I think the Bears are, are, are a nice sack bet this this Sunday yeah I want to throw out to the Bengals way down the list for sneaky salary savings, a low owned rate for tournaments especially, and upside. I mean, the Niners won on the road last week, but they managed just 256 total yards at Tampa Bay. They turned the ball over twice. They they allowed a low pressure rate, but I think that Tampa Bay is going to reveal itself to be one of the worst pass rushes in the league. Cincinnati, Mm -hmm. meanwhile, finished last week grading out fifth best in pass rush in their game at Seattle, according to Pro Football Focus. So I think there's sack and turnover upside here. And how about the Steelers who get that Seahawks offense this Sunday? The Steelers, 3500 bucks 
Um, I, I think it's still a talented defense. They're home favorites. And um, like you mentioned, the Seahawks allowed four sacks on just 25 Russell Wilson dropbacks. I think the Steelers should force Wilson to drop back quite a bit more this Sunday. Yeah, the thing that turns me away from them is that Russell Wilson's just not a good bet for turnovers. But I mean, yep. there's certainly upside. Yeah, I mean, again, you could see you know five or six sacks out of the Steelers this week, I think. That's going to do it for this week two edition of our FanDuel podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com now to read all of Kevin's picks for playing on FanDuel this weekend. Check out our full week two rankings complete with FanDuel dollars per point projections and mess around with the lineup builder tool to try to win yourself some money. Check back Saturday morning to see who Jared and I are playing against each other in round two of the Shark Duel. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at DraftSharks. Jared is at SmolaDS. I am at ShaufDS. It's S-C-H-A-U-F. For Jared Smola and the rest of the DraftSharks crew, I'm Matt Shaf saying thanks so much for swimming with us. 